Welcome to Explore the Word podcast. I'm so glad that you could join with us today. In this episode, we'll examine uh, the time period between Malachi and Matthew, known as the 400 years of silence. There's 400 years between the final words of Malachi and the first words of Matthew in the New Testament. Uh, Though God was prophetically silent at this time, he was busy bringing events together to prepare the nation of Israel for the coming of the Messiah. The last prophet of the Jewish scriptures was Malachi, who wrote uh, around 450 B.C. Uh, The book predicts the coming of the day of the Lord, preceded by the appearance of God's prophet Elijah. During this time, the Jews had led a successful revolt against the Greeks around 150 B.C. God would not speak to them again till John the Baptist appeared on the scene. He was one whom they called the embodiment of Elijah, the prophesied one to come. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 13, For all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John, and if ye will receive it, this is Elisha, which was for to come. John ended the silent years by announcing the arrival of God's promised Messiah. At the end of the Old Testament, The books of Ezra and Nehemiah recorded the Jewish people's return from their 70 years exile in Babylon. They began to reconstruct the temple in Jerusalem. You find that in the book of Ezra, chapters 3 to 6. This is commonly referred to as the second temple period. During the 400 years, three significant events took place, and they affect us today. Um, One was the synagogue was created, number two, the Septuagint was translated, and three, Hanukkah was celebrated. Now, some of these have greater impacts on us than others, but let's have a closer look. The synagogue began in the Persian period between 586 and 333 BC. The Babylonian Empire was used by God to judge the people of Israel in 586, led by Nebuchadnezzar. Solomon's temple was destroyed, and many inhabitants of the land were killed, and those, I shouldn't say all those, were put in exile, but most of the remainder were exiled to Babylon. Losing their land and temple was a horrible, actually more like horrific event for the Jewish people, and it forced them to adapt their community and worship to God. That's when the synagogues first appeared. They became places where Jewish people gathered to worship and fellowship in foreign lands. Synagogues eventually sprang up wherever Jewish people were exiled in the Mediterranean world. Uh, Those who returned to Jerusalem did rebuild the temple, uh, but the synagogues continued. Uh, Though the Old Testament makes no mention of them, they're repeatedly mentioned in the New Testament, actually 45 times, And the vast majority of those times, uh, it's in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. When the Christian church emerges, they mirror the synagogue. For example, the order of worship came from the synagogue. Jewish believers in uh, in the Messiah continue to practice their traditions in the synagogue. God providentially used synagogues during these silent years as a foundation for Christian churches. That's a pretty amazing uh, fact. And that, hey, we are part of the church and we do those things too. The Septuagint was the second thing. 
This took place during the uh, Ptolemyan period, 330 to 200 BC. For the Jewish people who returned to the land, Hebrew continued to be spoken and uh, for writing the scriptures and so on. But only 10% of the Jewish people returned after Babylonian captivity. So 200 years later, there was a growing community of Jews in Egypt. And they caught the attention of Ptolemy II, who was one of the four successors to the Alexander the Great, the, you know, the Greek Empire. Um, the, Greeks had be- the Greek language had become the language, a unifying language of the empire. And Ptolemy wanted the Jews, the Jewish scriptures in Greek. He had 72 Jewish translators do the work. And in 72 days, they translated the five books of Moses. They rounded the number to 70, becoming the name uh, of the translation. Septuagint means 70. Over the next uh, 150 years, all the Hebrew scriptures uh, were translated into Greek. They didn't work as fast as they did with the first five books. Uh, but over that time period, translated into Greek. That was extremely important to the Greek-speaking Jews communities in the Roman Empire. It kept God's word accessible to the next generation outside of Israel who did not know the ancient Hebrew or were not really familiar with it. It became the Bible of the early church. And anyone uh, you know who would come in contact with uh, Christianity spoke Greek. Greek was the language that uh, unified again the people. So God was protecting and preserving his word for all people. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's really interesting. And encouraging. And the third one was Hanukkah. Uh, this was in another Greek period, Seleucid period, uh, from 200 to 164 BC. I referred to this earlier. So the Ptolemies uh, were in control of Jerusalem in that area in the third century. And uh, they were tolerant towards God's people, and they obviously they wanted. Uh, the translation of the word of God to the Greek. But the next group of Greeks that took over, Seleucians, were very opposed to the Jewish people, word of God, and God himself. The new rulers brought in very heavy-handed laws. And they like severely restricted religious practices. Like almost on the realm of what in common day like communism Marxism and things. Uh, they they took the temple treasures. They didn't care if it was the temple. They took it. And they forced Jews to violate uh, food laws and kosher laws. And there's many other things they did. I'm, I'm going to go to all that. And they killed many Jewish folks because of their belief in God. In 167 uh, BC, Antiochus Epiphanes, the king, did the unthinkable. And he profaned the temple. He defiled it in a horrible way. He offered a female pig on the altar. Now this was de- uh, predicted in Daniel chapter 11 verse 31. And uh, arms shall stand at this, this part and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolation. A God-fearing priest called Matthias led his sons in refusing to comply with the laws uh, in Israel at that time. 
Their courage sparked fierce fighting. Eventually, by Matthias' son John, uh, Judah, the Maccabees liberated Jerusalem from Greek rule and purified the temple. Since that day in December of 164 BC, Jewish people has celebrated the holy struggle with Hanukkah for eight days. That's still celebrated today by Jewish people around the world around Christmas time, right? In December. And uh, the Lord himself celebrated this day in John chapter 10, verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the Feast of the Dedication. It was winter. Jesus walked in the Temple of Solomon's porch. In verse 24, the light of the world, Jesus, is asked by the Jews... Uh, then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Say ye of him, whom the Father hath sanctified, this is Jesus uh, speaking, and said to the world, Thou blasphemest, because I say I am the Son of God. Jesus came to the temple, rededicated by the Maccabees, and presented himself as the fulfillment of God's messianic promises. During those 400 years of silence, the Almighty was working out his perfect plan. These events, plus many others over time, have been demonstrated without a doubt that he is sovereign. And I hope that's been an encouragement to you. I certainly enjoyed learning about these things with the 400 years of silence. And I hope that uh, it helps you have a greater faith and a greater comfort and encouragement in knowing that God is sovereign. Hope you have a great day and until next time, keep exploring the word and looking to Jesus.